Welcome to our podcast. So what do you think? The podcast where we chat about the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with friends, family, and loved ones. We laugh. The labor where they wash up. Then we wash, wash up. <laughs> I'm from Missouri, so y'all leave me yeah, alone. She's from Missouri. She really needs wash. I'm learning more and more how little I know. They <laughs> Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing. I can't do this. We do impressions. Hello. <laughs> I'm Bob the Tomato. <laughs> Hi, this is Chang's Chinese restaurant. We get a little silly. Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I feel, I have a hard time with condom, condomate, con... <laughs> Not condiments, she loves ketchup and mayonnaise. So, in genuses. Genuses. That's our southern accent coming in there, folk. I'm just a little black <laughs> A little serious. My spirit, Bubba, what if I give you what you deserve? And a lot grateful. When you feel that, you know, where is God? Well, well, that's him. That's him showing his love. Yes, he's got he's got all these people loving on you. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah like, I love that. As we ask and answer questions about the Bible, faith, God, and everything in between... Welcome to So What Do You Think? Take a load off, get comfy, and stay a while. Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name's Missy, and I have here today with me my mom. Hey mom. Hi. Hi everybody. Hope everybody's good today. So you were doing a series on the bridegroom of Christ. Right. Or the wedding supper. The wedding, yeah. But you wanted to take a a day off and talk about something happening in the news today. So let's talk about it. Tell me about it. Well, yeah, it's real prominent in everybody's minds and all over the TV. In the last few days, everybody's glued to the news uh, yeah. following the Ukraine, showing the advancement of Russian forces into Ukraine. And mm-hmm. so I just thought that was more important right at this moment uh, yeah. to kind of look at that from a biblical standpoint uh, and from, you know, us as Christians and what we need to be focused on. Um, and as Christians, as we're followers of Christ, how should we respond? Should we be scared? Should we be hopeful? Prayerful? Are we trusting our government to take care of that situation and of us? Where do we fit into what's going on? A friend of mine sent me a commentary that Dr. Robert Jeffress had posted, and I want to refer to it today as we discuss this global situation because I thought it was pretty good information. And then later, I've got uh, something else that uh, came over from another friend uh, Mm -hmm. that I'd like to read. Uh, But... Um, anyway, we're watching an outbreak of military conflict, um, and it's of a kind and a scale that the world has not seen since World War II. Now, we've seen a lot of conflicts, a lot of war, short-term, a little bit of long-term, but uh, we haven't seen anything like this. We're watching a devastating invasion unfold in real time. And back in World War II, we would have never been able to even watch this. Um, yeah, we would true. have we would have war correspondents that would be right there in the middle of it that would mm-hmm. you know as they could get it over to us they would tell us what was going on, 
but we literally are watching um, as the tanks go in, as the bombs go off, and, um, you know, some of its disturbing images are streaming out of Ukraine every moment as Russian forces bomb and assault Ukrainian cities. It's difficult to process it. Let's take a biblical lens to it. Mama, before you take a biblical lens, mm-hmm. <laughs> can I yes. say something? Yes, ma'am. I think I think the reason, one reason this is really touching a lot of people, because we've had wars before in the right. Gulf, and, you know, um, there seems to be a war all the time in the Middle East, and you kind of get desensitized to it. But, you know, Ukraine is people just like us. And if we were surrounded by military and someone came in on us, it's just normal, everyday people trying to defend their country. And I think we can really relate to that. I saw a 70-year-old woman learn how to use a Uzi. I I saw that, too. And I was like, oh, my (laughs) God. I thought that was so cool. (laughs) And she said, I would rather die than some younger kid die. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I think that's why we really can relate. And also because it's affecting us right now. Anyway, go ahead with your biblical. Well, and the the people in Ukraine were living their days, you know, their their lives day to day, Mm -hmm. just like we do. And all of a sudden, somebody's coming in and trying to take over their country. Yeah. Okay. First, wars remind us that God's sovereign over history. Nations rise and fall at his command. God revealed this to Daniel in Daniel 2, 20, 21. Let's read what that says. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. A lot of this is spiritual. God's in charge. Empires would rise and fall, each failing to establish itself permanently. The kings and kingdoms of this world are like the changing of the seasons. They rise and eventually they will all fall according to God's will. Nothing catches God by surprise or thwarts his his plans. The evil designs of dictators like Putin are, in some mysterious way, turned and used by God to accomplish his greater purposes in the world. And we wonder, Mm -hmm. what is God doing here? God is not surprised and he's not asleep up there in heaven. He's not taking a nap. He knows exactly what's going on. Second, wars remind us that the end is near, but they don't necessarily mean the end is here. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine is an awful display of needless aggression by a glory-hungry dictator. And I've heard some of the people that are... are, uh, uh, doing news reports on this, that he's trying to reestablish what Russia was before, yeah. uh, you know, as he lost some of the from some of the ground of what Russia was years ago. And he's trying to get some of that back. I don't really know what his his 
Well, one of the oh. things he says he's wanting to join NATO, or that Ukraine wanted to join NATO, and uh, it was getting pretty close, and he didn't want that. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But these events probably do not herald the end of the world. We're not close to the end of the world. we got to have a thousand years of peace before the world is destroyed and the new earth is established. So the world's not getting ready to end, people. Now, our way of life might end. Mm -hmm. This terrible conflict is much more likely to be another of what Jesus called the beginning of birth pains that characterize our age. Let's look at Matthew 24, 6 through 8. Well, I'll look at it. Y'all can look at it later. <laughs> okay. Uh, 24. I want to say something about the millennial after you read that. Okay. Uh, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed such things must happen but the end is still to come nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be famines and earthquakes in various places all the these things are the beginning of birth pains Mm -hmm. did you want to say something there oh yeah yeah go ahead so for those of you who don't know what the millennial is it is a thousand year reign where christ will reign on earth with his um people and um it'll be the perfect perfect place with everyone getting along and peace and uh right so we did a podcast on that if you're interested it's labeled the millennial so you can go check that out if you don't understand that all right go ahead mom uh there will be wars and rumors of wars instances of nations suddenly rising up against nation and kingdom against kingdom it's true that birth pains get worse and increase in intensity as the birth approaches i've been through that about five times one of them with you uh-huh. <laughs> We are closer now to the end of history and the return of Christ than ever before. Yet we do not know if that return is one year or 1,000 years away. It is simply not for us to know. Let me look at Matthew 24, 36. But about, and this is Jesus speaking, but about that day or hour, no one knows not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus himself does not know, but only the Father. As it was in the day of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready 
because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And Mm -hmm. when you keep watch, you are keeping watch over your relationship with uh, God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It may be that God allows each generation to experience such pains and tremors to remind us that the current order of things is temporary. Our home is not here on earth. Our home is with God. Mm -hmm. We'll eventually come back to the new earth, but all of what we've got right now is temporary. Third, wars should stir us to to courage in the face of evil, sympathy for innocent victims, and urgency for the Great Commission. And I, I, I maybe y'all have been watching some of what's going on, but I can tell you that Putin thought he would go in and take over Kiev just you know within a few hours, and those people mm-hmm. have stirred up courage in the face of that evil, and they are fighting against him, and he is not succeeding. He has still not taken over that capital city, and he's getting um, uh, more desperate, I think, because now we're hearing that he is um, threatening, uh, or he's getting his nuclear people uh, ready and telling them to be on alert. Um, right. What that will end up meaning in the long run, I don't know, but um, he needs to be very careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and we've got a lot of sympathy. Uh, I do right here at this point. Mm-hmm. Sympathy for innocent victims. I can tell you all over my Facebook, people are praying for Ukraine and for the people of Ukraine. I want to read Mm -hmm. this to you. This came across just a little bit ago. Uh, It was sent through a friend, and it came from a Ukrainian soldier. Mm -hmm. This is him. I'm quoting him. We feel your prayer support. Sometimes something really inexplicable happens, as if someone's invisible hand really takes bullets and shells away from us, and they fly past us. Mm -hmm. We emerge victorious from very difficult situations as if someone is accompanying, accompanying us. We become invisible to the enemy. We ourselves see even in complete darkness, and we know what to do and how to do it. It inspires us and gives us strength. We believe that the Lord Jesus himself is for Ukraine. We ask you not to stop. Support us and continue to pray. We really need you. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And I know uh, in one of the wars that Israel was in, um, I've read some books about it. I believe it was a six-day war. Similar things happened. There were times that miracles happened that there is no way that what they experienced could have happened by human hands. Uh, right. it, it was like almost at times they were invisible and the enemy couldn't even see them. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm hearing in, in this. Um, so we need to continue to pray uh, for the uh, everything that's going on over there in 
uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Do you hear about the two paratroopers who landed and they were lost and they asked local citizens which direction to go toward Kiev? No. <laughs> they took them as prisoner, of course, but I don't think they know what they're doing. Are they Russian? Uh, they were Russian paratroopers? They were Russian, yeah. Uh, well, see, I'm also seeing that the Russian citizens are not happy with what's going on. They I don't know if some of the, yeah, some of the. And some of the soldiers are even for They it. don't even know what they're fighting for or yeah. why. Yeah. That's why people are concerned about what Putin is doing. Yeah. Um, as we seek to respond in a Christian way to these circumstances, you may be wondering what you can do. We should have courage during this time of uncertainty and evil that surrounds us. Let's see what Paul told the Corinthians. In First Corinthians sixteen, thirteen. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. We should also have sympathy for the innocent victims of this unprovoked war. And Missy and I have talked several times in the last few days. Um, Mount Perrin, a church here in Atlanta that I've been associated with, uh, they have a missionary over in Kiev, and that missionary has an orphanage called the Ark. And I think it's called the Fathers slash the Ark. But um, they, um, I've been staying in touch with what's going on with the children, and they've got them in a shelter right now. Uh, but they live in Kiev, and she's been over there. Uh, Jane's been over there for a long time. And mm-hmm. uh, before she got involved with the orphanage, she was actually helping the children on the street. Uh, there were children all over Kiev that were uh, orphaned. Uh, their parents couldn't take care of them at some point. They were living in, um, they were living down in the sewers and, uh, you know, just any place they could find. And so at, with Mount, Mount Perrin has uh, continued to help with some of that over there. And she's managed to uh, put together a, uh, an orphanage and she has some, you know, a lot of people that help. But anyway, just to let you know that that's some of what we need to pray for. There are innocent children that are getting caught up in, um, all of this mess that, um, mm-hmm. you know, an evil person has put on them. Uh, we should pray for a quick end to the conflict for the safety of innocent people and for the Christians who will surely be persecuted under Putin's godless regime. Finally, we must have a renewed urgency for our gospel mission. Christ has told us what to do with the time we have until he returns. Let's look at Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Uh, Jesus is saying, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are to teach and preach the gospel uh, to people and make disciples. Uh, don't just get them to say a prayer and think it's over. You know, disciple them and uh, watch them grow and be there for them, support them. Um, but uh, that's what Jesus told us to do until he returns. So we, mm-hmm. need, we need, need to make the best use of our time sharing the gospel with as many people as possible. Let me read Galatians 4, 5. I said Galatians, didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. Colossians. We know what you meant. 4, 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And if you're trying to talk to somebody about salvation and about following Christ and what's going on, you know, the Holy Spirit, that's what he's there for. When you don't know what to say, just open your mouth and the Holy Spirit will talk for you. Uh We do not know when this age will end, when our civilization may totally unravel, or even how long our own life will be. So there's no time to waste in making Christ known and sharing the eternal hope we have in Him. He promises us the only safe haven from war is the only kingdom that will experience unending peace. I'm just letting you talk. I haven't even interrupted her. I know you haven't, and I'm missing. I'm missing. <laughs> I'm missing a page, Missy. <laughs> Can you Uh-oh. stop it for a minute? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I received something else from somebody that I would like to read. Um, it's um, from somebody named Chet Cooper. Not real sure who that is, but another friend of mine sent it to me. And I thought it was very good also. And this is what he says. The Russian bear is waking up from its long winter of hibernation. Uh, And he tells us to read Ezekiel 38 and 39. And I am not going in to read that. So (laughs) if they're long. So if y'all want to go read them, please go do it. Uh, It's very interesting uh, prophecy. Israel will eventually be in their sights, and they will lead an invading army into Israel, only to be defeated. At that time, a new world leader, the Antichrist, the beast, the man of sin, the son of perdition, um, and all of that's in Revelation 13 and 2 Thessalonians 2. Go and read those. I'm not going to go read that much um, on here today. But the son of perdition will sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel 
only to break it halfway through with the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel in chapters 9 through 12 of Daniel. Again, go and read those. And reference. So it says confirm, confirm a covenant with many. Yes. Uh, and referenced by Jesus as yet in the future in Matthew 24. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Now, I do want to read Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself the people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Now, y'all, when we're waiting, and we talked about this when we were talking, I think, about the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. We need to stay away from ungodliness and worldly passions. We need to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. Uh, sometimes it's not easy in this age. Everybody says, well, you know, it's okay to do this or, you know, something that we feel is not right gets put uh, made into a law that it's okay. So we think, well, it's, you know, it's a law so we can do it. No, God still, he's the same yesterday, today, and will be forever. And we need to live as best we can in godliness and in um, godly lives while we wait for him to come back and get us. Uh, at this time, the church will be gone. The earth is preparing for war, but heaven is preparing for a wedding. The bridegroom is coming to get his bride soon. It's time for the bride to make herself ready so she can be presented without spot or wrinkles. And that's in Ephesians 5. Those that have this hope purify themselves in 1 John 3. One through three. Let me read that one. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made, been made known. But we know that when Christ appears... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. When we talked about the wedding supper of the Lamb, we talked about the virgins, the ten virgins. And they were waiting on their bridegroom. And uh, five of them had, they had all filled their, their oil lamps, but five of them had taken extra oil in case they had to wait longer than the oil would last in their lamps. Well, the other five didn't. Well, their lamp, the five that didn't, the foolish virgins, 
uh, they're all started running out. They asked the, uh, the, uh, wise virgins for some of their oil and they said, no, we won't have enough for us and you too. So you need to go buy you some more. Well, while they went to go buy, uh, some more oil for their lamps, the bridegroom came. The wise virgins got to go in with the bridegroom. Well, by the time the foolish uh, virgins came back with their extra oil, the uh, wise virgins were in the wedding chamber with the bridegroom and the door had been shut and they couldn't get in. So we need to be extremely careful. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, not on the government, not on any leaders, sometimes not even on church leaders. Seek God's counsel, not man's. This is a spiritual war. Let me finish with Hebrews 12, 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm -hmm. Amen, amen, and amen. That was... uh... Huh? I was just going to say, uh, you know, I don't know if that all that made sense or not, but, you know, we need to keep our spirit in tune with God's spirit, not looking to the government or to, you know, whatever's going on in the world, but keep our eyes fixed on, on Jesus, the author yeah. and finisher, finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you did this because it's on everybody's mind. It's on my mind. So um, it definitely helps you change your perspective and get off worrying or looking at that and thinking, are we going to get attacked or something like that? Right. You just kind of say, well, if we do, we do. Right. God's got it. God's got it. He's Um, in charge. And, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay. We get bombed and we die. Well, is that the worst thing? (laughs) You know, <laughs> no, because if we die, I guess where not. we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, Mom, do you want to um, end us in prayer today? You do such a good job. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Okay, well, I'll do it. Um, Matthew 9 9 says Matthew was in a tax booth, and Jesus just said, Follow me. And Matthew rose and followed Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine if uh, you lived in those days and you're at work and Jesus just come up, came up to you and said that, follow me. So, you know, I think about that and I think there had to be something really special about Jesus. Yeah. They had to, they had to sense something, you know? Yeah, because so, he had a lot of followers back then. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you can't physically follow him today like he's physically not on earth. But spiritually, he's very much alive and well. And, um, you know, I think 
instead of uh, sometimes you feel like a tug at your heart is the best way I can put it. You feel like there's something missing. And if you want to say that prayer, you can say a prayer with me or you can just ask Jesus to come in your heart. You don't need me to leave you and just believe in him. And uh, let's say a prayer. And if you want to do that, pray with me. <clears throat> Dear Lord, please come into my heart. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross for me, Lord. I know that your blood was shed for me. I know that you rose three days later, Lord, and stood at the right hand of the Father. I repent of my sins, Lord. I pray that you make me and mold me. I pray that you help me understand the Bible and let the words come alive. And Lord, I, I, I hope, I pray that you let me recognize the Holy Spirit. And I just praise you and thank you for the changes that are going to come, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mama. That was really good. And next <clears throat> next time you're going to get back on your... Yep. Hey, wait, right. were you trying to avoid that? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> literally, I, you. literally, when I sat down earlier in the week to try to put something together, it wouldn't come together. Yeah. And then God said he wanted me to do this so okay well it was awesome thank you okay and next time we're gonna do the marriage supper the, of the lamb yeah, yeah. part two we part don't know two. how many parts they're gonna be no. okay okay I lo- love you i love you bye bye thank you for listening thanks for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed this episode please share it Are you interested in listening to more episodes? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and Spotify. Do you have a question you'd like us to chat about? Email us at swduthink at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. See you next time.